This is the second part of, of a two-part episode where, where I explore this notion that not all digital transformations are created equally, be that within sector or across sectors. This is Bobby, and welcome to another episode of the IT Contractors Podcast. This is a show where I share authentic stories covering almost two decades of hard-learned lessons. I take you from my grassroots of being a systems engineer straight into the boardroom with messages that are agnostic, allowing you to apply those to your professions, your business, and even your personal lives. In the last episode, I, I explored the business model that contributed to the successful revival of the traditional bricks and mortar bookstore, where bookstore giants such as Waterstones and, and Barnes and Noble focused on the, the non-digital model of the of the independent bookstore and bringing the customer experience back onto the shop floor. If you haven't already listened to the last episode, I strongly recommend that you do. However, it's not a prerequisite for this episode. You can always loop back afterwards. The technology industry via advisory groups, implementers and, and cloud providers are applying an immense amount of pressure on organizations to, to influence their digital roadmap. And why wouldn't they? It generates revenue and that's business. But the psychology that's being applied is, is one of fear. And there's nothing better to catalyze people or business into action than, than promoting fear. And and this fear is, is centered around this notion that if your business doesn't adapt to these new technologies such as cloud, AI, machine learning, then, then you're going to get outpaced by your competition. Surely all digital transformations can't and shouldn't be created equally. So in today's episode, I'm going to explore a well-known business that refuses to follow that digital curve. In fact, it purposely stays behind the digital trend and not only has a commanding market presence, but is growing at a phenomenal rate. Aldi by market share, I believe, is the UK's fifth largest grocery retailer. And, and they have this vast global footprint. I believe they, they, they also own Trader Joe's in the States. However, their, their pace of growth with minimal digital investment that we as a consumer can see has been incredible. Firstly, no online shopping. And even with the pandemic, there has been no impact on their business to justify a move to online grocery shopping in the future. They also have no loyalty card scheme. And, and loyalty cards are all about capturing your buying habits, all data, using those patterns to not only target offers, but big data modeling to support decisions such as which product types to, to stock in different locations. In fact, when you look at online shopping, that goes one step further in capturing those buying habits. Firstly, you don't need a loyalty card. Secondly, when it comes to things like uh, like substitutions, the more you accept certain types of substitutions, the, the system gets smarter around what it should recommend. Both online shopping and loyalty cards go, go against some, some basic principles of, of the Aldi business model. Online shopping requires more staff and vehicles to pick and deliver, and an Aldi like to operate with a lean number of people. And when you look at the, the whole refund process of, of online shopping, that can have an impact to those per basket margins. With loyalty cards, it impacts the amount of time you spend at the checkout. And an Aldi process a checkout around 40% faster than any other supermarket. And, and you can just imagine the scene. I mean, it happens to me where you're, you're asked for a loyalty card and you're fumbling around in your wallet trying to, trying to find the right one. You either pull the wrong card out or you realize you left it at home. And, and then you realize it doesn't scan. 
That then causes a tailback at the checkout. And that's also one of the reasons that Aldi doesn't accept coupons. Unlike other supermarkets, you're also not allowed to pack your groceries at the checkout. So you put them back in the basket or, or back in your trolley, and then you have to go and pack them elsewhere. And cashiers are under pressure to clear that conveyor belt as, as fast as possible. And that's not just because they want to turn you around in the shop as quick as possible, because those, those cashiers are, are effectively have two roles. They're also stocking shelves. Both online shopping and loyalty cards obviously require a significant amount of tech investment. And in Aldi's case, their view is that the cost of, of, of capturing data from a loyalty card far outweighs the cost of getting you out of the store as quick as possible. And in fact, I believe they capture zero data about their customers. They've always been behind that curve. And it wasn't until 2002 until they introduced barcode scanning. And as a child, I found it remarkable and bizarre how, how a cashier could remember thousands of product codes. I think this is a good stage to bring us back round full circle and, and look at our closing arguments over, over both episodes. These case studies have been really interesting to explore. And, and through the lens that, that I've applied, I, I think it, it answers the exam question that not all digital transformations are created equally. But in addition, it goes one step further because it, it also proves that you don't always need a digital response to a threat within any given market. Organizations respond in a different way at a different pace. And, and unlike what we're led to believe, there isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. It's all dependent on the business model and the principles of those individual businesses. And if you look at some of the, if you, if you cast back to episode one and, and what we've covered in episode two, these businesses are not getting outpaced by their competition. Now, don't get me wrong, Aldi, Waterstones, Barnes & Noble are all doing the right things when it comes to reworking their back office processes. Um, they've all embarked on some sizable ERP transformation programs, improving supply chains, distribution logistics, all of that good stuff that an organization should be doing to, to remain competitive in the market. But it's interesting how, in some aspects, they've purposely stayed behind that curve. And if you look at Aldi, for them, there is a cost in capturing that data that far outweighs the benefit that they'll get from it. And they're generally just not threatened by, by the world being digitized around them. And it almost feels brave. But I don't think it's brave at all. It's because it works for their business. It aligns to their principles. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. We've got a global growing supermarket chain that doesn't value big data. We've got a book chain that's gone back to the traditional selling methods of, of the independent bookstore. Ironically, the independent bookstore that Amazon did so well in crushing. But it's interesting how those principles being reapplied back to their business has, has ignited its revival. It's been really interesting to explore this concept from, from a completely different angle. And, and with a different lens and, you know, especially as a consumer, because inevitably this comes down to people and process, buying habits, emotions, how people like to buy and connect with the products they're buying is, is all about the experience of buying. And I say this over and over again, transformation is about people and process first. You then apply the technology to make it digital to solve that problem. This two-part series was was largely experimental for me and I've really enjoyed putting something like this together. It feels it, it feels like it's a little bit more left field. 
Um, and I'm hoping to, to produce more content like this in the near future. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave feedback. I would love to hear from you. And feel free to recommend the show to your friends and colleagues. And if you're not already subscribed, hit that subscribe button so you're notified once new episodes are released. If you have any questions or any topics that you'd like me to discuss, then feel free to get in touch. All my contact details are available at theitcontractor.blog and I reply back to everybody. I'm Bobby Jagdev. This is the IT Contractors Podcast. Thank you for listening.